0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine podcast. This is episode 61. I'm your host, Riley. Busy weekend in golf. Just a lot going on. A lot of big names winning tournaments. Sung J M wins the Shriners Children's Open. Just absolutely rode a heater. To a win, I mean his final round was ridiculous. I mean, when you shoot a 62 in the final round, you're probably going to find yourself somewhere near the top of the leaderboard. But I mean, five under on the front, starts his back nine with four straight birdies, bogey free, 62, nine under in the final round to beat Matthew Wolf, the next closest by four shots. Sungjae, I mean, shot 24 under par. That's a ridiculous number. Last week on the show, we said it was going to be somewhere around 20. I didn't think it was going to get to 24. But that's how good these guys are. It's kind of ridiculous. But again, you also know that the golf course is on the very easy side when you get Rory Sabatini and a tied for third. So it was lining up a bunch of birdies. The guys needed to go low. And it was good to see Maddie Wolf actually near the top of the leaderboard. Obviously, everybody knows the story with Maddie and what he's going through the last year. It's good to see him back to playing really good golf. But yeah, Sung J M gets the win on the Champions Tour. Phil Mickelson won. Um, for the third time in four starts on the Champions Tour, He's started in four champions events and he's won three of them. So I don't know. I know he's over 50, blah, blah, blah. He can play on that tour. I don't know why they allow him to play on that tour. I don't know if he should be allowed. It's kind of unfair at this point. But I mean, good for him, I guess. Keeps winning. And then Jin Young Ko is on an absolute heater on the LPGA tour. She won for the third time in three starts. She hasn't overtaken world number one yet from Nell's. Nelly Corda, I'm sure if she keeps playing like this, she's going to. Uh, cause she, again, is just on an absolute heater. She's 56 under par in her, in her last 14 rounds, which is just a ridiculous stat. I think she just tied um Sorenstam's record for consecutive rounds in the 60s. Like she's just playing ridiculous golf at this point. So Jin Young Ko, she's a stud. She's so fucking good. Um, I know Nellie Corda ended up tying for nineteenth, but just a lot going on in the PGA tour, in the PGA tour world and the golf world, pretty crazy. And then this week we have the CJ Cup, which after a couple weeks or a couple three weeks actually of having weaker fields, I guess, on the PGA tour. The CJ Cup this week is loaded. The golf course is awesome. Although it's in the desert, it's like not really it is in the desert, but it's tough to consider this place like a desert golf course. We also we don't have a bunch of information about it. Like I had to do some digging on YouTube and their website and pictures and photos and pretty much everything that I could find. It's a very private golf course, so it's hard to find a bunch of information on it. What I do know and is what I've also read from various places is the golf course plays a lot more like a Parkland style golf course than a desert golf course. Like if you find the desert around this place, then your drive went off the planet pretty much. So the CJ Cup is going to be pretty good. Very excited about it. Roars is back, which is always great. But the field just loaded. Like DJ, Justin Thomas, um, Brooks, uh, Scotty Scheffler, Tony Finau. Like there's just a bunch of guys. So we're going to get into that too. But we can talk real quick about Sungjae. Again, 29 under in his final round, 24 under total. Stud unbelievable driving distance for in the final round was 325 like he doesn't usually have that kind of distance so that was awesome to see like his next closest was 318 and that came in round one hit 94 percent of greens of regulation in the final round that's how you get it done gained 2.9 strokes with the putter that's how you get that done like the kid just did everything really really well and that's another guy like i know there was a stat going around on twitter that Since the start of the 2018 season, I believe Sungjae has made, I believe, almost 300 more birdies than the next closest player on the PGA Tour. That's skewed a little bit just because he plays in pretty much more events than everybody on the PGA Tour. Like He usually doesn't take many weeks off. He's week in, week out teeing it up in that event, so that also has something to do with that, but he makes birdies and bunches. His putter can get extremely hot. He's a fantastic ball striker, has a very, very unique swing, a very, very slow takeaway, and then everything else is pretty much perfect. So him competing in one of these tournaments and contending and winning a tournament that final score was 24 under doesn't really surprise me just because he makes a bunch of birdies. But if you go back, his last win, I believe, came at the Honda Classic, which is the exact opposite. That is a impossible golf course. So he's shown that he can win at two types of venues. But again, him going on, him shooting 62 in the final round, 63 in the first round, and 65 in the second round, no surprise to me. The dude can make birdies with everybody. Matty Wolf, again, I mentioned him at the top of the show, but it is great to see him playing really good golf. Shot three under on the opening nine in his final round. Then he kind of slowed down with bogeys on 10, 13. Did come back with two bogeys on, or birdies rather, on 15 and 16, but just didn't do enough in his final round to kind of catch Sungjae, which I mean, it's tough. Sungjae shoots 62. You're not going to see a lot of those, but. I mean, 68, that was Maddie's highest round of the week. He shot 68 in the final round. First round was 64. Second round was 67. Third round was 65. So, and he likes some desert golf. So we'll see if Maddie Wolf comes to play this week in Las Vegas again, but obviously feels comfortable in that situation. And he, again, is another guy that can just get outrageously hot and make a bunch of birdies. So, again, wouldn't surprise me at a new venue at a golf course that Colin moore shot 62 at this week upcoming for the CJ Cup. If Matty Wolf keeps it going, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he ends up near the top of the leaderboard come Sunday. Mark Leishman is playing really well right now. That's his uh, second top five of the new season. He played fantastic, 63 in the final round. Uh, highest round was 68. He added two 67s on the first two days. So Mark Leishman's playing really well right now. Uh if you don't know, Corn Ferry graduate Hayden Buckley is playing pretty damn good golf right now. I forget what let me look up his last start. Hayden Buckley. Shout out data golf for this quick, quick information. Yeah, T he missed a cut at the Fortinet Championship in Napa, but T4 at the Sanderson Farms and T eight at the Shriners for the Corn Ferry graduate. So that's awesome. He came in a tie for eighth. It was funny though, like a lot of big names missed a cut. Like if you go down the leaderboard, like Sunjay is a bigger name, obviously, Matty Wolf, Mark Leishman, but then you keep going down. You get like Adam Hadwin, I guess, T six. You got to go all the way down to T fourteen for Louis Uzdazen. Sam Burns, T14. Again, no surprise. He's one of the best players on the planet right now. Probably the only golfer better than him on earth right now is is John Rahm. Then you go down. I mean, this is really starting to scroll before you get even like a slightly big name. Adam Scott, T35. Corey Connors, I guess, T40. Victor Hovland, T44. Just really not that much action with big names in the field. Brooks Koepka, T67, which is almost last of everybody that made the cut. Matt McNeely missed the cut. Webb Simpson, Ricky Fowler, Keith Mitchell, um, just a lot of big names. Jason Kokrak, Brent Snedeker all missed the cut. Paul Casey, which is very surprising. You don't usually see Paul Casey miss cuts. Will Zao Torres, Harris English, Kevin Kisner, Scotty Scheffler i missed the cut. So for a field that had a decent amount of names going into it before the week started, man, when the guys teed it up on Saturday morning, not a lot of big names were left, which is a little bit of a bummer. That takes out a little bit of the... I mean, I didn't watch it a whole lot over the weekend because of that. Big names put asses in seats, and they press the on button on your TV. But this week is going to be a whole lot different, which is very exciting. I'm I'm actually pretty pumped for the CJ Cup. It's a little bit of a bummer that it's not in South Korea anymore. JT won a couple times over there at Nine Bridges. Brooks Kepka won over there uh, because of COVID-19. Obviously, they're not going over there anymore. But I'm pretty excited for the CJ Cup. So I guess we can just jump into it because we already mentioned Jin Young-Ko. We already mentioned Phil. Don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on that. So we can jump into this. We're only 10 minutes down the road, the Summit Club for the CJ cup. Literally, they just got in their car, drove 10 minutes. And then we're just in Vegas. Again, Jason Kokrak is a defending champion, which again, it was one of the best things to happen in golf last season. Jason Kokrak with his big MGM grand logo on the front of his hat, winning in Vegas at the, at shadow Creek where Phil Mickelson won what? $9 million on tiger woods a couple years ago. One of the funniest things to happen was him to win that tournament, but shot, he shot 64 on Sunday and beat Xander Hoffley by uh, two shots down the stretch. Again, I mentioned this a couple times already, but the Shriners had a pretty decent field last week, but the CJ cup is, is welcoming some of the best players on the planet this week. World number two, Dustin Johnson is making his new season debut, but with the way that he played at the Ryder cup of whistling Straits a few weeks ago, or we might even be approaching a month ago. I forget when that actually happened. It seems like a year ago. Um, DJ was absolutely locked in. What was he? Five and zero? So if that is any indication on how he's going to play in Las Vegas this week, you can probably chalk up to DJ finding the top of the leaderboard at some point over the weekend and contending for another win. Call Morikawa, his partner that week at Whistling Straits, is a member at this golf course, is a member at the Summit Club. He's shot 62 here. So again, kind of gives you a little glimpse into what kind of scores we should be seeing out of these guys this week. And it's always one of those things like, when a brand new golf course is introduced on the PGA tour more often than not it's not a hard golf course it's more on the easy side like if you look at caves valley at the BMW championship a few weeks ago everybody shot a gazillion under par i don't wouldn't be surprised if that's what we see again at the summit club so we'll see if callmore and kawa can follow that up he'll be one of our guys to watch later uh, in the show here in a couple minutes just because it's hard to ignore that he's a member at this golf course and a lot of guys probably haven't even played here before. So that'll be a distinct advantage from Kyle Morikawa. Justin Thomas is in the field. He is also making his new season debut. He's a two-time CJ Cup champion. Again, like I just mentioned, both of those coming at the championship layout at nine bridges in South Korea. The golf course, the Summit Club, par 72, 7,431 yards. This is a Tom Fazio design, Big Faz. Quick note on the golf course, though. I wouldn't read too much into where it is geographically, right? Uh, I mentioned this at the top of the show also. Despite being surrounded by dirt and desert, you can see the desert, right? It's around. This is going to play more like a Parkland golf course. It just is. And it makes sense with the Tom Fazio design. He he likes those big ballparks. This is going to play just like that. Um, you would have to hit some real off-target drives to find the desert around this place. I just wouldn't bank on seeing guys in the desert a lot around here. The fairways are pretty generous. There's even some rough before you get to the desert, which you don't usually see that in some desert golf courses. There's might be like a step of a cut length rough before you get to the desert, right? Here, there's like rough around the edges. So you got to you know it's going to play more like a normal tour stop you can see the vegas strip from a couple places around this track which is cool on one hand but also on the other hand like a reminder of like oh yeah we're in vegas like that's how much this place should play like parkland so we'll see i'm i'm pretty excited if you guys look up pictures online like i went to there um website just to look at pictures and videos and how much everything that i could find the golf course looks fantastic it looks really cool a little elevation change which is nice don't see that a bunch in the desert um unless unless you go to that like what is that wolf creek the like video game course which is all over the place but some desert uh golf course can play pretty fat but flat but it looks like some pretty cool elevation changes around this place which is going to be nice the weather uh, Tuesday partly cloudy, twelve percent chance to rain, blowing twenty out of the north northwest. So their practice round today is going to be a little uh, tricky for the boys. Wednesday sunny, zero percent chance of rain, blowing five out of the east northeast. Thursday sunny, zero percent chance of rain, blowing eight out of the north. Friday is sunny, zero percent chance of rain, blowing ten out of the north northeast. Saturday sunny. chance of rain blowing six out of the northeast. In Sunday, partly cloudy, 0% chance of rain blowing six out of the east. So it is going to be still. It is not going to rain. It is going to be dry. Hopefully, the place plays a little firm and fast. Hopefully, it should in the desert. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that is just ridiculous weather. And I don't think it's going to be super hot either, like hovering around the 70s, maybe low 80s but the weather is going to be perfect for these boys and again i already mentioned that the scoring could be low that weather screams low scores right zero wind pretty much i mean thursday and friday are going to blow a little bit but i mean over the weekend is going to be not not that much wind so be on the lookout for that also key stats it's always it's always tough to determine key stats for a venue which we have like little to no knowledge of this is the first time it's going to be on the pga tour Again, I mentioned I'm trying to find a bunch of information, looking at course videos and all that kind of stuff, but it's private. It's hard to find a bunch of stuff on private golf courses just because not a lot of people have been there. They can't write about it, all that kind of stuff. Looks like a big ballpark, driving distance. More often than not, just matters and is an an advantage on tour, and this week seems like no exception. The guys that can really give it a go are going to have wedges into a lot of these greens, and then that is just an advantage when the winning score is potentially going to be pretty damn deep. So the more wedges you can get in your hand, the better data golf information. Didn't have a bunch on course fit, even though I am going to go over one. I like here in a second, once we get into players to watch for the weekend, but data golf information, a trending of the players in the field. Sung J M no surprise is number one. Last three starts T 20 T 31 and a win. Number two is actually Cameron Smith. It's definitely not Cameron Smith now that I'm looking at that. Oh, actually, no. Trending is definitely Cameron Smith. My bad. I just had an absolute stroke combining trending and betting odds because I'm looking at the same thing right now. That was rough. Oh, my God. Cameron Smith. uh Second, T-34, T-14, Kevin Na, T-17 in three. Now I need to go look because now I'm I'm legitimately having like a brain. Yeah, no, I'm right. Oh my God. You guys couldn't see that? My eyes almost just like bugged out of my fucking head trying to put that together, but I got you guys the information. You're welcome. I almost just, almost... My brain almost just exploded all over my computer because I was that confused about what was happening. Percent chance to win based on you guys all know course history, course fit, trending, all of that kind of stuff. Number one, Justin Thomas, the two time champion at 4.1%. Victor Hovlin is actually at 3.8%. And then my guy, which I did not see this. I don't know exactly, obviously, they, you know, course history, fit, trending, et cetera, all that kind of stuff. Roy McElroy being third in percent chance to win at 3.8% makes no sense to me. I don't get it. I love it. That means they must know something that I don't. I love it. I'll take that. Betting odds presented by Tipico Sportsbook. Uh, you guys can go on USA Today and find all the information about Tipico and all that kind of stuff. They're active in New Jersey, and uh, I forget the other one. But if you're in New Jersey, Tipico Sportsbook, look it up. Dustin Johnson is the betting favorite at plus twelve hundred. Justin Thomas follows him. At 1,300, Xander Schauffele is also at 1,300. Karl Mar-Kau is at fifteen. Louis Uzdason at plus 2,000. Roy McIlroy is at 2,000. Uh, Jordan Spieth is also at 2,000. Then you get to three guys at 3,000. Tony Finau, Cameron Smith, and Brooks Kepka. Players to watch. Um, my first one is going to be Victor Hovland. His ball striking at the Shriners Open, if you guys weren't watching, was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he gained 5.42 strokes off the tee and he gained 5.28 on approach so his ball striking was crazy fucking good however he did lose 8.91 strokes around the green I didn't see a bunch of it I don't know if he was yippy I don't know if he was chunking I don't know if he just wasn't putting it close enough to the hole that they counted that instead of counting putting that is so bad like that is really really bad. I know a couple of years ago, Hovland was kind of dealing with like the yippies, and he wasn't you know chipping well. He's always says that chipping, even when he won, what was that at Mayakoba or maybe even the Puerto Rican Open. After he won, he was like, "Yeah, I suck at chipping." Like that's just where he used to be. He's worked with a few people. Over the last year or so, and his short game has actually been gotten a whole lot better. I don't know what happened at the Shriners. I don't know what happened at TPC Summerlin, but his short game was terrible. I don't expect that to happen again. Like it's it's tough to expect a guy to have a short uh, a shitty short game two weeks in a row. Hopefully, he'll get that figured out. He competed well last year at the CJ Cup. I know it's a different venue. I get it. You guys don't have to tell me that, but. The field is pretty damn close to being the same loaded field, and he competed well, tied for 12th. And this is my course comparison. If you're looking for a course comparison, I always love to start with a golf course that has the same architect. I know it wasn't originally designed by this guy, but Tom Fazio did do a 2017 renovation of Quail Hollow to get it ready for the PGA Championship, a major that was won by Justin Thomas. That is a good place to start. Quail Hollow, I believe, right? Big ballpark. I think Quill Hollow's par 71, 7,500 yards. This is a par 72, 7,400 yards. Might be able to play right around the same. I know Quill Hollow's got trees you got to contend with. This is desert. I get that. It's a little bit different. But I like to start with the same course designer, same architect. Tom Fazio did do a reservation uh, renovation here back in May. Hovland tied for third at the Wells Fargo Championship. Of course, if you're unaware, that is hosted at Quill Hollow. Again, if his short game is even mediocre this week, right? It doesn't even have to be fantastic. If it's just okay, if it's just passable. He came in a tie for 44th last week. I expect him to improve on that. I expect him to be in the mix on Sunday. Again, his ball striking is just phenomenal. He can get hot with the putter. His putting stroke is, according to Ping, the most consistent putting stroke they've ever tested in their lab, which I always think is really funny. There's... A lot of people have played with ping. It's crazy that Hovland has the most consistent putting stroke that they've ever seen, but that can get hot again. If his short game is just okay, I expect him to be in the mix on Sunday. So that's one of our guys to watch for the week. <laughs> Roy McIlroy, what you'll read. Obviously you guys are listening to twilight nine now, but um, we're starting to kind of tease out golf week. Oh yeah. I forgot to tell you guys this. Um, twilight nine is hopefully joining officially golf. Week come the holidays, um, right around, hopefully, like Thanksgiving, Christmas time, or whatever. It makes sense, right? This time of year, the PGA Tour is definitely on the slower side, but once we ramp up for the new year, then we get the Century Tournament of Champions, all those. We get uh, Pebble Beach, we get the Waste Management Phoenix Open, we get all the March tournaments, obviously. Um, so that's when we're looking, hopefully, to join Golf Week officially. But as I mentioned to all the new listeners and all that kind of stuff in the Golf Week article coming out later today, the in depth preview. Um, or if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, Roy McIlroy is my guy. I talk myself into Roy McIlroy winning every single time he tees it up. So if you're a new listener, get used to hearing about Roy McIlroy week in or week out. I might just start like a Roy McIlroy segment because that's our fucking guy. We'll back Roy McIlroy, and and again, here I am trying to talk my way into Roy McIlroy winning this week, right? I know at the Waste Management Phoenix Open again, Desert Golf, whatever. He didn't have a great week. He had a really good round on Sunday, but the rest of his rest of his week was pretty bad. Um, do I love what I saw at the Ryder Cup? No. I mean, he played like shit the first couple days, and then he did actually kind of beat down Xander in his Sunday singles match. But his court history at my at the comparison I just used at Quail Hollow doesn't get much better, right? I think what he has three wins there, and he just won a couple months ago over a Mary answer. First, first win in like a year and a half. This is the start of the new season. He's had a couple of weeks off since he last touched a golf club, well, professionally anyway, on on tour or at the Ryder Cup. Hopefully, he's used that a couple weeks to kind of you know re-energize, get it together, practice a little bit, change up the vibe. He did have a solo. What was it a solo fourth at Kays Valley at the BMW Championship? He was right around the middle at the Tour Championship. Uh, played well at the Olympics. So like it's not like he's playing terrible. He just hasn't put it all together to win uh, since the Wells Fargo. So hopefully, I don't know, we'll see. Short field too, obviously no cut. If you guys don't know, it's a limited field, no cut. Um, So we'll see if Rory McIlroy can put it together. That's our fucking guy. Another one of our guys, actually. And we put him on the list just because it's obviously hard to win in back-to-back starts on the PGA Tour. It doesn't happen a whole lot. But it's hard to ignore the value that you can still get from Max Homa. Part of me doesn't get it. Like, he's coming off a win at the Fortnite Championship. Now he's up to, what, three PGA Tour wins. He's becoming one of the better players on the PGA Tour. He won the Genesis back in February. Two two wins in a calendar year, and you can still get a guy at plus 6,000 in a limited field. Like, I don't get it. I want to talk to somebody in Vegas about that, actually, because it really doesn't make any sense to me. He resides in Arizona playing desert golf is going to feel right to home for him. He averaged 310 off the tee in Napa, which around this track should be long enough to keep up with the big boys. Ie Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, those kind of guys. I mean, three tens a long way. So if he can just do that, carry that over to Nevada, he should be able to compete with those boys. If his iron game made the trip with him to Nevada, I expect Homa to have another good week. His iron game was in his wedge game specifically was ridiculous in Napa at the Fortinet Championship. I love him for a top twenty play this week. Um, typico hasn't come out with the odds for top twenties yet, so I'll have to wait on that and see what kind of odds we can get for him. I know it's a limited field. I believe there's only close to what 80 guys maybe. But at plus 6,000 to win, we should be able to get plus, plus odds for Max Homer to get into the top 20. And if he's still rocking that stash, it's really hard for me to bet against a man with a mustache that supreme and that perfect. So I probably won't do it. It's just really hard to ignore a guy coming off a win getting plus 6,000 still, especially he's shown that he can come in the top 20. I mean, top 20 at what? The Valspar, um, and t Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He, like he's had fantastic starts. So I don't know. It's tough to bet against Max Homa. Matt McNeely, I mentioned him on the show all the time, but he missed it. He missed a cut in his last start, but he did have a second. To two Max Home at the Fortinet Championship, he lives in Las Vegas. He plays there. He's going to feel right at home at this golf course. Um, he can pound it off the tee. He can roll his rock. He's a great iron player, except that shank on seventeen on Sunday at the in Napa. But Matt McNeely, another guy, another name to watch. I don't know. Actually, let me pull up his betting odds because he might be he might be another guy to look for a um like a top twenty finish once those odds come out. Max uh, maximum plus 6,000 oh shit uh, Mac McNeely plus 7,000 so gonna get plus odds for him for a top 20 maybe even a top 30 I don't know if they do those in limited fields but he might be a good uh, guy for you guys to target for like a top 20 finish Mark Leishman Is another guy, I think he's sitting right around plus 5,000, plus 6,000. He has backed back top fives to start the new season. He's rolling right now. His putter's hot. He's making a lot of birdies. He has the distance to keep up with pretty much everybody. He's going to be another name to look at. And then Colin Morikawa is obviously, obviously, I guess, the obvious one. He's a member at this golf course. Played fantastic at the Ryder Cup. Best iron player on the planet. His putter is all of a sudden like pretty damn solid. He can make a lot of birdies. Really accurate with the driver. I mean, I don't have to convince you guys that heavily to like be okay with betting on Colin Morikawa. The kid's a stud. So those are those are some of the guys we're looking for this week. Pretty excited to look at this golf course again. As I said on the show last week. Um, desert golf isn't necessarily my favorite type of golf, but that's usually like when the, the desert is right on the edge of the fairway. And if you just don't hit the fairway, you're in like a bush or a cactus and you can't play it. Cacti, cactus, cacti, whatever it is. I don't like that kind of golf. Don't love it. But this golf Parkland golf, just in the desert. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Seems to be bunkered really well. The bunkers look awesome. Tom Fazio, the Faz, seems to have done a pretty good job with this golf course, so we'll see. But yeah, I think that's it. Um, Twilight9pod on Instagram, Twilight9pod on TikTok. I got to get better at posting on TikTok more often. I just don't do it anymore, but hopefully I'll get a little bit more active with that. At Riley Hamill underscore is my personal IG if you guys want to follow that. I don't even know what is coming up here on the PJ tour. Let's go to the schedule. Let's take a quick look at the schedule. We got the CJ cup. We got the Zozo, which should be pretty cool. Actually. I actually, I don't know who's going over to the Zozo. I don't know if the field is like solidified over there. Let's see. I know there's some like Wills Alatoris is going over there. I'm pretty sure. Uh, based on their picture online, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Schauffele, Hideki for obvious reasons, Colin Warwick, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler, All look to be confirmed in the field, so that field should be pretty good. And then, so we got the CJ, we got the Zozo, and then we go on a little bit of a, you know, disappointing run here. The Butterfield Bermuda Championship, the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba, the Houston Open, the RSM Classic, the Hero World Challenge, which should be fun. Hopefully, Tiger makes an appearance. That would be pretty fun. QBE Shootout. So, and then we go a couple weeks actually without any golf, three weeks, four weeks without any golf. So that's going to be fun for the podcast. Hopefully we can find some interviews to do during that time because holy shit, is that going to be boring? Um, we actually already have a confirmed interview coming up. Hint expatriate, which is right in my wheelhouse. So get ready for that. That one's actually going to be fun, but enjoy the golf this weekend, guys. Uh, the CJ cup is going to be really fun. Enjoy NFL football. Enjoy college football. Shout out the Patriots for finally getting a win. Um, shout out the Red Sox for getting to ALCS. It was a great weekend for me sports-wise. Great weekend for Boston. But enjoy everything this weekend, guys. And I'll talk to you next week.